and welcome to the Fortress Comic News, episode 112. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside Mike. Hey, episode 112. Or, as I like to say, let's get this shit done quick so I can get back to Sekiro. So, what a great weekend, huh? Uh, Us came out, and... Shazam is get, has a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes right now, uh, yep. and Sekiro came out, which is the next installment from the uh, from the From Software Dark Souls Born series, guys. And it's I've played it for a few hours, and wow, it's amazing. That's all I can say. It's a great game for people like Mike who hate having fun while playing video games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I was actually. Um, when you when you texted me that we were doing a later show, I, I had just ins- I just got home and installed it, and I was like, I mean, I guess I could just go play for like four hours, <laughs> and that's what I did. I spent most of those four hours dying, though, is usually how those games go. So I've currently just been playing like oldest shit games, mm-hmm. and uh, I discovered that on my Nintendo Switch, not only do I have the online that gives me all these NES games. But there's a Sega collection, and yes, I was a Sega kid. Um, mm-hmm. There's an SNK collection. There's a uh, Namco collection, and rumored right now is three Konami collections, including an arcade and a Castlevania collection. So I'm going to be playing a lot of oldest shit games for a while. What what platform though? Uh, well, you can get all these on pretty much everything, but oh. I play it on the much superior Master Race that is Nintendo Switch. I I actually was reading up on this that Switch is doing... I mean, we're talking about video games right now, but I don't think anyone minds. That Switch is uh, doing really well with like, the indie and the... Um, it's fun because you can play a lot of those indie like platforming games on the go, but then uh, they're doing a really good thing bringing back all these classic games, but still like... Are, they're not bringing any classic Nintendo games back, though, if I'm right. Correct? They like, are. They're, they're just not doing it in the way people really want them to. Yeah. That's, so, like, with your PlayStation or Xbox, you pay for the online. Well, mm-hmm. for Switch, you're paying $20 to play games online. But what comes with that is essentially a Netflix for Nintendo. And for me, it's cool. Like, there's a ton of games on it. Like, uh, pretty much if there's, like, a brand name classic Nintendo game it's on there at this point and then there's mm-hmm. some that are just like ones I never played because whatever reason and I'm getting back into so I'm uh I enjoy it for what it is but it has a long way to go because people want the the Wii what they call it the eShop or whatever it was mm-hmm. back and there's it's not what they want essentially yeah um I mean, we could talk about video games for a while longer, but we won't waste everyone's time. We do not have an interview today. Uh, I think it's as spring starts to approach us. Well, actually, first day of spring is already this week, right? Um, people are lining up stuff for cons and all that, so it's kind of tough to schedule with people right now. So we're working out all those kinks. Uh, yeah, I'm working with a few people. I got yeah. uh, what I got somebody actually lined up, but they're in the... F- few weeks until uh, they want to meet with us and but you know soon soon i'll have more people i promise everybody yeah um <laughs> other than that not a whole lot going i saw us this weekend i said it came out uh shazam man i am just so excited to see those shazam reviews coming out like who would have thought i mean these reviews are saying like oh yeah best best dc movie so far and um, one of the best superhero movies of the, of the um, well, I guess the year already. I don't know. Well, let's come out this year. Just Captain Marvel, I guess. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So it's not hard to beat. <laughs> um, I, I will. I want to say this, though. Let it be known who the superior Captain Marvel is, obviously. <laughs> it's so, yeah, we can jump right into movie stuff. So I, I actually have seen Mike. Are you sitting? Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. three movies this week. Holy shit. And you're working overtime? Yeah. See, How'd you do that? I'm just that special. I guess. So I saw Captain see? Marvel finally. Uh-huh. Um, I enjoyed it. It's a, a good mid-tier Marvel movie. 
Um, I had one gripe with it, and it was a music choice during the final fight scene. Uh, other than that, I like I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, not my favorite, but it it has the big issue of it's an origin movie. And anybody yeah. who's been listening to this for 111 episodes knows that I don't like origin movies to begin with. So, mm-hmm. um, but enjoyable. Uh, I saw Into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, I I really enjoyed that as well. Um, that one a little bit more than Captain Marvel. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I agree. It's awesome. I'm a big Miles fan. I really liked uh, the supporting characters to that, so I was happy with that. And mm-hmm. as a little side story, I was in the comic shop this week, and a, a little kid came in. Pro- I mean, little kid, probably like eight or nine years old, and uh, African American kid, and he was buying all the Miles Morales stuff he could. And uh, he walked up to me and the shop owner. And started asking about Miles, and he just saw the movie. And oh, nice. it, it put a giant smile on my face because not only because he's an African American kid, but just because he's a kid who wants to read comics now because of that movie. Yeah, but now he can like he feels like I don't know. He sees himself as Miles. That's awesome. That's yeah, you know, that's what they're doing this stuff for, man. That's so cool. He was asking if we had the or if uh, our shop owner had the first appearance, and I was just oh. like, I was sitting there, I was like, man, if I had it with me, I'd probably just give it to you right now because I have that comic. <laughs> Is it worth any money? Is it? I don't, it's I don't gotta know. Be. I feel like it has to be now. I don't know. I know I have it though. It's. I was super excited when they announced this character and jumped right into it. Um, and then the third movie I watched was uh, Waiting for the Punchline, which is a documentary about a uh, podcaster I listen to called Nick Scarpino. So anyone listens to kind of funny uh, stuff, mm-hmm. um, that's him, and he's. He made it his New Year's resolution a few years back to become a stand-up comedian, but he's doing it like the old-fashioned way, actually going to these different clubs and um, learning through that way instead of just like using his fame to do it. And it's really cool. It's all about the San Francisco uh, comedy scene as it is right now and how he went through it and a few other people. Uh, If you're a fan of comedy... And the art of comedy, I think it's a great documentary. Uh, outside of that, it probably won't appeal to people outside of that mm. area. But I enjoyed that. So those are the movies I watched this week. Wow. Yeah, so I I, uh, I saw Us over Shazam, because I, I think I'm just going to wait for the regular opening weekend. Uh, just talk about Shazam really quick. Um, I mean, there's, there's spoiler-free reviews out there. And... Uh, I just have to say, like, when we talked about, oh, they want to do an early screening, we're like, that's always a good sign. And if they don't, it doesn't come out, like, with a 90-plus. I think they did the same thing with Wonder Woman, right? Didn't they do an early screening? I'm pretty sure. Um, They've been doing more and more of these. Yeah, so it's you can almost gauge when the movie's going to be good now because it's like, okay, if they're going to do early release, then it's probably a good sign. Um, I'm excited for Zachary uh, Levy, Levi. I don't think anyone knows how to pronounce his last name, but... Um, He's just, he seems like such a good dude in all these interviews. He looks like he's having so much fun doing it. I came back from seeing Us last night, uh, the new installment of Jordan Peele Horror, uh, written, directed, produced by him. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to warn everybody if you're going into this movie expecting, like, get out again, uh, you, you, I'll just say it's not as clear cut as get out. Um, and the fact, uh, like, Get Out had a clear story, had a clear moral behind it, and you could see, oh, this is what he's going for. Whereas, um, uh, us, I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'll, I might tell. I might do a separate video of my own review on the YouTube page because um, I have some funny. I have some funny thoughts about it. But it was good. I. I as far as horror movies go, yeah, it was suspenseful, really suspenseful, like edge of your seat the whole time. I wouldn't necessarily say it was like freaking me out, like scary. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of jump scares, but I think the idea was just really creepy and weird. Um, but as a movie alone, it was great. I, th- I think it was awesome. So uh, more of that, less everything else, because I, it's a, it's definitely an original idea and um, it's definitely sparking a lot of conversations coming out of the movie a little more, you have to put a little more thought into it than get out. That's for sure. 
Yeah, for what I heard, uh, the review I listened to, it was Get Out was very transcendent, and like that was a movie that everybody needed to see. Right. And this uh, this one, people are saying, is really good, but it's not mm-hmm. to that tier. And yeah, you well, know, that's what people expected going into this, and they didn't get it, so that's why people are kind of down on it. And I think so. Without spoiling anything, it's like fifty-fifty for me. It's like this is either like a, a stoner dream that he had to write a movie about this topic. Or it's like, okay, he actually took like a philosophical thought experiment that's been talked about in almost every philosophy class and kind of like extended upon it. And I don't, I, without, I mean, without revealing too much, that's as far as I'll go. It's like, it's either a really smart movie or it's a, it's a, hey, we wanted to have fun taking on this, uh, this, this thought that's, I mean, it's been within the US for a long time now, this conspiracy theory, I guess. And, uh, I don't know. Either way, I enjoyed it. it. Whether it was a stoner, you know, playing off a crazy idea, or if it was if he was trying to do something more artistic, I still, I just to have that discussion alone, I think it, you made a good movie. Cool. Anyways, um, have not watched The Flash. Uh, have you watched The Walking Dead? I did. Last episode was a flashback. Um, so it was basically explaining why Michonne is having issues, um, accepting new people into the community and, uh, what kind of led to that moment. It was a a decent episode. Uh, you got to see pregnant Michonne, um, killing things. There was a really (laughs) heart wrenching moment where this woman who was brought into the community, uh, basically kidnapped a bunch of the children, including, uh, Rick's, uh, daughter. Wow. And that's why Michonne had to go out with Daryl and uh, find them. There's like an explanation to why they have a this X scar on their back that comes out of that. And Michonne just kind of trying to save her daughter at this point. Uh, it was a good episode. It was definitely a – it was an episode that's leading to something in next week's episode. Um, so we'll find out where that goes. But uh, Walking Dead trekking on. <laughs> trudging on like the zombies themselves it's like uh, the show has pretty much embodied a zombie now just mindless dragging its feet yeah it's it's still enjoyable I still like it um, yeah I'm just I'm just poking fun but yeah it, it is kind of getting to that point where you're, you're leading to that big moment and then when that big moment happens I think they've kind of fallen into a trap of Lead, 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 big moment so that people talk about it for a year and then mm-hmm. get to the next season. Yeah. Um, so we got some movie news. The uh, the new John Wick trailer got released this week. Um, I don't know if you saw that. You definitely haven't seen John Wick 2. I don't know if you ever finished the first one. Um, I refuse to watch it because it makes you mad. <laughs> I know. The, uh, the trailer for the third one is really good. Um just lots of John Wick action. You get some new characters. They show it's it's just gonna be a good time. Uh, More importantly, did you watch the Door of the Explorer live action trailer? I refused. I <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I saw that it dropped. I was like, I can't even. I can't even click this. I, I did just... hear Danny Trejo's playing a monkey though. I don't know anything <laughs> about Door Explorer, but apparently it's a monkey and Danny Trejo is voicing it. So yeah, that monkey better have machetes. And like what did I hear? Uh, um, Javier Bardem is voicing someone too. Like what? I don't know. I know the like, um, <laughs> Michael Pena is in it too. That's crazy. Like it is live action, I guess. Yes. All I saw in the comment thread, I didn't even watch it. It was like the, this, the uh, uncharted movie looks awesome. <laughs> basically. So I don't know if it's like Tomb Raider for kids or something like that. That's basically what it looks like. I guess that's fun. I mean, yeah, hey, it's going to be a great kids movie. Um, More importantly, uh, Fox slash Disney deal is officially finalized. And amongst all that, there's been lots of speculation on who the Fantastic Four should be. Um, I don't don't know if you saw any of those pictures, but immediately everybody's saying Michael Fassbender for Doctor Doom, which is like, I don't know, is he done playing Magneto? I guess we'll find out. In, uh, he's 100% done playing yeah he's gotta be done um, but hey go from one one like I mean as far as characters go Magneto and Doctor Doom 
they're kind of similar in the fact that they're like, they kind of, I mean, Dr. Doom's obviously a villain, right? But he kind of toes the line sometimes for the greater good. Like he would help everyone, I guess. The the problem, Maybe. the problem they're going to have with Dr. Doom is Dr. Doom is <laughs> Dr. Doom is Darth Vader in terms of how you film him. So somebody else is going to film it and do the whole thing, but then you're going to have someone voice him over. Because you're not going to get Michael Fassbender to sit underneath that mask for an entire movie. Or you any might. major actor. Yeah. I have I, Maybe. I could be way off on this. I don't see it happening. So I, I see that as like they're going to get someone big and brooding and like intimidating to sit underneath the mask and actually act out everything. And then it's going to be a voiceover situation. Mm-hmm. Just like Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's so it, there's stories coming out about people getting laid off. That's unfortunate. We're going to steer away from that because mm-hmm. we're sorry that's happening, but we're going to geek out on the other side that and X-Men are coming in. So that means after dark Phoenix, presumably Marvel's going to, or Disney is going to reboot the X-Men cinematic universe and mm-hmm. fold it into the MCU. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, it, this is great, exciting news. I think the um, the coolest part for me was who they want, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman. Um, our, uh, uh, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic and his wife in real life. Cannot think of her name. As uh, Emily Blunt? Emily Blunt, yes. Which I was like, I saw that, I saw that and I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, I think this, uh, you know, John Krasinski's paid his dues and I put him in a suit, give him a 10 movie deal, whatever this guy. I mean, he's got such a fan base following him just from the office alone. Yeah. Uh, why not? I, I wonder, I mean, so fantastic four have had a couple movies now. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously we all know my opinion on this, but do you think they need to do an origin movie again or could they just insert them into the Marvel universe? I think, uh, I, uh, see, I, I don't know if we need a full origin, maybe just like, Hey, they pop up in like a interdimensional travel device, kind of like, uh, I don't know, like legends of tomorrow style. They pop up and they're like, Oh, what earth is this? Or they like they they pop up at the end of a Marvel movie and they're like, uh, "Are you guys the Avengers? We need your help" or something like that. And then from that movie, they kind of tell them the origin. I think that's an okay way to do it. I don't think we need a whole hour and a half devoted to you know, hey, we're gonna meet up, we're gonna fly into space, get hit by sun rays, and now my buddy's a rock man. You know. See, here's uh, my thought: is I don't know if ever anybody out there saw the really bad uh, Fantastic Four movie that came out recently with um, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. So in that Fantastic Four, they got their powers from the negative zone. Right. Um, so my feeling is you have them be some sort of scientist. Say, you know, a flashback scene five years ago, maybe around the time of the first New York event, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they get sucked into the negative zone somehow, and that's how they get their powers. But then they they're stuck in there for a while. And at the end of one of these movies, whether it's whatever Avengers or whatever movie, they come out of the negative zone and they have powers. But with that, you introduce the fact that they've met Annihilus and they have, and he's a threat that's coming to this dimension. Mm Mm-hmm. And that could set up the next event because the last one being the Infinity Saga, you set up Annihilus as the next big bad in the big yeah. event. And then you do like 12, 12 more movies. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I, I think that would be really cool, mostly because I'm a huge nerd for Annihilation and it's one of my favorite Marvel crossover events ever. But and also then, because it sets up a big bad that's worth waiting. 10 to 20 uh, movies to get to. And I just knocked over a pop figure, everybody. Um, so I just, I, I think that's a cool, a cool way to go about that personally. And then 20 years from, from now, when you need to, to defeat uh, a Nihilus played by Terry Crews, um, you're going to 
you're going to bring back old Josh Brolin as old Thanos because they have to travel. I don't know. They have to travel somewhere to get Thanos to help them out. And then alongside him, you get Nick Cage, Ghost Rider, but he's Frank Castle, Ghost Rider, and that's that's how you end the entire series. It was just a big battle, like the Donny Cates run. How's that? I'm down. <laughs> Even though it's Nick Cage, I don't care. <laughs> I was going to say they have to go to the future. Yeah, they meet, the future. Uh, Thanos wins. Yeah, and they meet right. the Thanos. They bring him. So they bring Ghost Rider back, who then goes to an alternate dimension, creates Punisher Thanos. Yep. And then they got to bring back Punisher Thanos. And then they just have an army of Thanos. Thanos I? Thanos is? I don't know. What's the plural of Thanos? Thanos is. Thani? <laughs> Definitely Thani. Anyways, um, I think it's awesome. I, I don't know. I, I've been waiting for the Fantastic Four to come to the big screen. And, and, and I mean, they need to be done the right way. And I think Marvel's is going to kill it. Also uh, for a lot of people are saying for Ben Grimm, uh, the guy who's playing Hellboy is uh, from stranger things. The cop, you know, yeah. Which, I mean, Hey, he's already wearing rubber, one rubber suit <laughs> and running around in a movie. So he's got, he's going to have prior experience. Do it. I mean, they CG the hell out of Hulk. I guess they could do Thanos. Or Thanos thing. Yeah. But I would just say, I mean, Disney's got more money than anyone, so just buy an actual rock suit for him to wear. <laughs> they got time to build it. They've had quite a bit of time. Um, yeah, so the also, we're not done with the movie news. Um, former Game of Thrones showrunners are uh, planning a Star Wars trilogy rumored to be planned around the Old Republic. Yes, 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 oh yes, man yes. so that right there is that like we just talked about some some fun movie news but this is like i'm ready i all i hear about the old republic i mean i played some of the games but like the the story is there and it's so interesting like the old the old ways of the jedi right now we get to finally see it on the big screen maybe yeah, there's so many cool things here. I'm a huge fan of the, the Knights of the Republic games. And you couldn't have picked two better people to do a medieval sci-fi movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly, right? Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> they just did so well with uh, with Game of Thrones. And they're like, okay, well, what property can we move on to next? Star Wars. It doesn't get much bigger than that. And not only that, they're getting a trilogy. Like, come on. All I ask is that, listen, you have three movies, so you got to get to the point. You can't just lollygag around for five seasons like you did in Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, Well, let's slow down here, okay? Game of Thrones is ending, all right? There's an ending to it. It hasn't been drawn out at all. Just because you won't watch it, all right, doesn't mean it's bad. And listen, you don't need to kill someone every two seconds. It's fine. Like, There's like 40 characters. Yeah, they do. Come people, on. People come I can't keep track. I'm just there for the sword fights and the dragons. Like, the, every time they kill a character, it makes everything easier for me. Because I'm like, I don't even know who the hell that was. So, so they did it once in um, Game of Thrones. We're, I mean, are we going to get some sibling loving in this movie? Um, I mean, <laughs> the past... <laughs> Star Wars resume of the past shows, you know, who knows? I don't know. Dragons with lightsabers, people. This is like, this is the the middle ages of Star Wars. I mean, they can do anything they want. All uh, joking aside, yeah, you're 100% right. And it's I can't wait for these movies. They should just make it a TV show, like. I feel like stories are told way better in 10 episodes than it could be in it. Anyways, I mean, more Star Wars is not going to complain about it. We're already getting like two Star Wars TV shows, I think, right? So, yeah. I mean, live action. Live action. Oh, yeah. I think we're gonna um, three. Yeah, there's some cartoons there, too. But anyways, that's, that's exciting news. Um, it's almost like Disney couldn't wait for these guys to get done with Game of Thrones. They're just like waiting with their checkbook. So I'm I'm very interested because we're allegedly going to get episode nine this year. 
<laughs> Hopefully, I haven't heard or seen. Do you remember? This is what's concerning me because, like, do you remember when Force Awakens, like, when it began filming, everybody knew about it. There's pictures of set pieces. There's pictures of like of everything. Like, oh, they, this tree was used on the set. Like, and now it's like, and even with Episode Eight, uh, they're showing a lot of stuff. But now Episode Nine, it's like I haven't heard anything. And it's coming out in July, right? Or not, uh, not July, I'm sorry, um, uh, winter time. So they're going back to the Christmas schedule. Which Christmas I, schedule, yeah. I feel like they never should have strayed away from. I know their original plan was to have them come out in May yeah, and begin the summer season with it, but I've, the Christmas schedule was so good for those first three movies. Yep. Um, and I think a part of all this is that hype died down, and they were they were riding a wave of hype, and I get it. Star Wars came back after how many years? Mm-hmm. But hype died down. You kind of you pissed off half the fan base, and the other half of the fan base is right. JJ um, <laughs> Abrams comes back and he's like, "Son of a bitch, I gotta save this franchise again." <laughs> so I just got them all back. Come on. So and you're, you know, you're following uh, the second best Star Wars movie ever made. And um, yeah, there's there's just, there's a lot going against it, and I think they were keeping more of a tighter lid on things. I have seen some stuff sn- uh, sneak through, but it's never like huge news, so we don't talk about it much. I mean, but look at uh, being in J.J. Abrams' shoes again. It's like you just said right there. Okay, the second best Star Wars movie ever made. There's a whole lot of people that don't agree with you, so it's like J.J.'s like, oh shit, like this half table nobody likes movie this half of the table it's the best movie what do i do (laughs) yeah so the last episode was very divisive i admit that and i joke about it being the second best it's my second favorite um Mm -hmm. and i know that there's a giant swarm of people uh, usually about half of the fan base that disagrees and think it's an atrocity and blah 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 but anyways what people forget is that Force Awakens had a similar backlash. It just wasn't about the lore. It was about the fact that, oh, so they blow up another fucking Death Star? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, I so, know. So, you're right. He's got to reunite the fan base, and that's a tough thing to do. <laughs> At the same time, he's got to end the, allegedly end the um, Skywalker saga. Because allegedly this is the last one with the Skywalkers in it. He's gonna build another Death Star. God damn it! I don't. I don't believe this is the last one. By the way, and then you're being followed by this Old Republic alleged movie. Plus, Ryan Johnson is still working on his own trilogy. And what is that gonna be? So, uh, so much Star Wars now. <laughs> Pretty soon the the movies are gonna be like the novels. There's just gonna be so many, and it's like, oh, which one? Which one is this one in reference to now? Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Anyways. Anybody, anybody out there that tells me I'm going to be sick of it in a few years, I come back to me in 10 years, and I guarantee you I will still be excited for Star Wars movies. I'm going to remind you in 10 years. All right. Comic book news. Um, comic book. So, this is uh, Marvel. This is pretty exciting news for X-Men fans. Um Marvel announced the return of Jonathan Hickman with a two-X-Men two event book named House of X and Power of X. Um, that's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Right? I am not an X-Men guy, but I am a Jonathan yeah. Hickman guy. And yep. I will read these because it's Jonathan Hickman. Uh, hopefully this leads into him doing... X-Men proper and doing a Jonathan Hickman-esque story because Jonathan Hickman needs about five years and a bunch of money to finish his stories. And yep. I, the only disappointment here is that the when he left originally, the rumor kept being he's going to DC, he's going to DC, he's going to DC. Legions of superheroes. And, a f- yeah, people wanted that. I would have preferred, personally him to take on a JSA Earth 2 book. Oh, yes. And the fact that we won't get either of those, at least anytime soon, kind of sucks. And we're leading up to the kind of the rebirth of the JSA, so I was hoping that 
they were just stalling that even further for Doomsday Clock. But I'll take this. I love Hickman. I'm down. Uh, it's only... Um, are these ongoing books? Or are these... They're not single issues, are they? They're two six-issue series. Um, okay. They're considered event books. Okay. Yeah, so that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of Hickman fans out there. Uh, this is even more exciting, I think. Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman's Spider-Man slash Venom crossover titled Absolute Carnage. Yeah. Take my money. Absolute, yeah. absolute bank account losing all its money. Yeah, so the couple of things here um so this this all comes out of i believe it's c2e2 last weekend mm-hmm. marvel had a huge presence so the couple of things here stegman doing i believe his first big event book so i'm hoping yep. that that puts stegman on a at least more of a household name in comics but two this plus the hickman announcement said that you had these three books plus War of the Realms are all going to lead to another giant event in December. So somebody at Marvel is listening to me because I love giant event books and we're getting five at Marvel this year. It's a lot of event books. See, that just that just scares me from not reading any Marvel stuff. <laughs> I was just like, I can't even touch any of the Marvel books because it's like, oh, well, this one's tied to this event. This one's tied to this event. It's like, I don't know what the hell's happening. Um, I probably I will read the crossover for with Donny Case. So uh, Marvel also <laughs> announced another six issue series uh, titled The History of Marvel Universe with Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez. So this this has a lot of the same feel as Multiversity, right? Um. You pick a big name writer, Graham Morrison, someone that's written quite a few books for Marvel, and you give them the history of you get everybody caught up on where the continuity is and where each universe lies. I think this is a cleanup job. Yeah. So I think what this is is they're going to take all of the Marvel history that spans 50, 60 years now and condense it and kind of try to make sense of it into the modern context and who better than Mark Wade to take on that job. Yeah. It's a good idea. Um, this is pretty cool. Kurt, Bu- Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross are creating a one shot to follow up to Marvel's, which is uh, their book back in early, was it nineties, early two thousands? Uh yeah, nineties because we're celebrating the twentieth anniversary of the book. Yep. Yeah, which I never read. I should read because I love Alex Ross's art, but uh that's pretty cool. Alex Ross doing some stuff. You've never read Marvels? No, I have not. We talked about it. I just it keeps escaping me. I'm reading so many trades and stuff right now. So they're re releasing Marvels right now as Marvels annotated. Um mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't pick that up because I have the original Marvels. Yep. Um but I'm super excited for this because Marvels is one of those books. Um, I always have this argument with people um, at the comic shop. I think this is one of those books that you give a new reader because mm-hmm. it's awesome. Alex art interior, great story. And it kind of jumps you into a universe of superheroes. Um, and this is going to be the first time we get Alex Ross interiors uh, since I can remember. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Um, and we know they, they're always working together on <clears throat> Astro City, so they have a pretty good working relationship. Um, we have some other news. Uh, Viz Media is going to start releasing original English language manga. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's like if Japan was like, we're going to start releasing American comic books. Um, Which they've done yeah um but we're starting to see where japanese uh culture has influenced uh the american culture a lot mm-hmm. and we actually are getting the first ever anime to be translated originally from english to japanese and sent over to japan yeah so we're starting to get that divide where they realize that like anybody can make a great manga or a great anime. So I'm, I'm excited to see if, uh, if somebody's got a cool story and does something unique with it. They did a, they did that really cool. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. I actually own it. It's, um, 
a bunch of American comic book artists got together and did one shots for uh, Attack on Titan. They made like a collected edition. Yes, it was awesome. Like Scott Snyder, uh, a bunch of bunch of DC writers, like Gail Simone. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so you're starting to see more and more of that, and it's uh, it's just a good idea. I mean, there's no reason that someone from another country can't make a comic book, even though it's a very right. American art form. And vice versa. There's no reason that anybody can make can't make a manga. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's just. It, I think it's good business because you spread out the ideas further and grow your audience. For sure. Um, little little cool piece of info. Uh, Scott Snyder and Francesco Fancavilla are teasing a new project. Uh, I believe it's creator owned. Correct. It is. Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. Not related to any of, their, uh, any of his other stuff? I don't believe so. There was an image, and I don't recognize it. Yeah. Uh, they post on Twitter. Um, my two things here are just I'm down because I love that team up. And yeah. it's very interesting that Scott Snyder is doing a lot of creator-owned books right now. Yeah, I think he, I think we're going to see him slowly make the transition out of out of DC, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm wondering because he's only done just a select amount of DC. Yeah, and from what we've gotten from artists and writers on the show, everybody loves doing creator owned. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's cool. So uh, with that segue, we could talk about Justice League number twenty, written by Scott Snyder, that came out this week that we both read. We definitely can. Um, this is exactly like like we said about issue nineteen. This is exactly what I wanted out of a Justice League book. Um, we get a, we get some conversations with the, uh, the folks in the sixth dimension. Um, we probably get the most, uh, easiest to follow explanation of what the hell's going on. Um, when they talk about, uh, the multiverse and how they're re they're rebuilding the multiverse, which almost sounds like something's going to get rebooted, either added or subtracted. Um, I think it's just awesome to see the six dimension heroes. I think the Superman suit and hair and everything is all, it's like the older versions of everybody. Yeah. Uh, we find out Batman is Dick Grayson and, uh, Batman's going to end up like sacrificing himself. Uh, interesting though, that Dick Grayson's suit is a little earth two ish style with that like trench coat. Yeah. Which I don't know if that, I don't know if they did that on purpose or not too sure. I don't know. That might have just been a callback. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that, like I, I've said a few times, that they're setting up the reboot of the JSA here. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Starman. Um, we Something's going on in Doomsday Clock involving the JSA. And now we're getting kind of a rebuilding the multiverse and the, the Earths that have been destroyed through the Source Wall and blah, 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 blah. Oh, shit, I don't quite understand but do understand <laughs> and a lot of comic book signs yeah and i feel like at some point we're we're gonna get the you know the rebuild of the jsa in earth 2 the thing is um uh hot girl and martian manhunter at least in the sixth dimension have a child together and they're like in love and they get they find out a secret um their child actually tells them like the sixth dimension isn't what you think I'm going to reveal the truth to you. And they're like, Oh my God. And we don't really see what that is. Um, all while, uh, uh, Mixaplex is losing his shit <laughs> in the hall of justice. He kind of like breaks free. And then, uh, Lex, I think Lex is, um, is going to steal him, steal the, uh, try to capture him, I guess. Yeah. Cause he says he wants an imp. Yeah. To use for himself. So I think Lex Luthor with a dimension-altering imp is probably a terrible idea. Um, It's probably the most dangerous weapon he's had. And then we get Superman is still trapped somewhere. Yes. And he's trying to get out, and he's struggling to get out, and he finally gets greeted by uh, the six-dimensional Superman, and he doesn't look happy. So something something's a foot. Yeah. 
all in all, I'm just happy that we're back to, for the most part, a Justice League book that is fun and wacky and mm-hmm. has the team right something together. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love these last two issues, so um, I can't wait for more of that. Yeah, I'm back on Justice League. Yep. Uh, Venom number 12. Uh, kind of like we kind of finish up that whole the whole issue with Eddie Brock being trapped. Um, they're trying to remove the symbiote from him. You read that? Yeah, so symbiote does get removed. It saves Eddie Brock's son and uh, mm-hmm. sets him, brings him back to Eddie. And we end up finding out that so we thought that Eddie was still in the symbiote, and he's not. He's been yeah torn apart from it, and the symbiote is has its identity back, and kind of walks away and says like, "You guys are better off without me." Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an interesting thing there with the symbiote doing what it wants to do on its own without Eddie. Yeah, like walking around on its own is pretty interesting. Yeah. And then this is going to lead into, I guess, Donnie Cates is taking a few issues off during War of the Realms, and Colin Bunn's jumping on Venom. Oh, cool. And uh, I'll be interested to see, being a huge Marvel nerd, I'm excited for War of the Realms and to see what the Venom symbiote does during that time and how that mm-hmm. affects the overall story that Donnie's trying to tell. So it was a good issue. Yeah. Um, kind of, it gets, it gets uh, Venom away from the Brock family and now they got to figure out what the hell they're going to do. Yep. Uh, uh, Batman 67. And I was, I was trying to, after reading 67, I, I, I went to the internets to, uh, <laughs> to see if everybody else is feeling my pain. Um, we're still in the nightmare issues. I guess they're calling them. Uh, and this one is like an old school noir Batman, like sixties Batman who, uh, is chasing this guy that's kind of dressed like um, Phantom Stranger, and he he lands like he, they land in a bar, like they fall through the roof in the bar. Do you remember like the Elmer Fudd crossover? Yep. Uh, the bartender is um, the pig guy, and I think it was like a reference to him. I don't know why that was put in here. Um, and then like he follows this guy, he jumps off a jumps off the uh, the side of the harbor. Um, and like takes off the mask and it's the Joker and the Joker looks like, uh, Cesar Romero's Joker. And, and he's just like, basically says like, Oh, he killed this guy and I had to catch him. And like the reason he killed him was just to make a joke about it. And I was like, that was the issue. And I was like, I didn't, Tom King's completely lost me. I don't know what's going on anymore. (laughs) Uh, apparently these are still the nightmare issues. I don't know. There's no, I mean, this, this issue was like, there's almost no writing in it for like, I don't know. I'm, I'm scrolling through right now. There's like 18 pages with no dialogue at all. It's just like a chase scene between Batman and this guy in a trench coat who ends up being the Joker, which is like, if that's not filler, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what is, but it's Batman. So gonna keep reading there was a time when i was preaching to the heavens about tom king's batman yeah it seems like a lot of people are down on the story arc yeah and it's it's nightmares part five it's like why why are we still here so you got one more issue Uh, yeah hopefully (laughs) and then unless they're like oh we made it a 12 part series i don't know Hopefully one more will tell us why the hell I'm stuck in these nightmares. We can get back to like a real story. Anyways, that was it for this week. It was Kite Man all along. Yeah, I hope so. Bring like I have to be rewarded for reading through this somehow. Uh, I actually bought volumes two, three, and four physical copies of uh, Ed Brubaker's. Um, oh man, the killing one. What's it called? Off the other. Killer, Killer be, be killed. Yeah, that one. Killer be killed. That's the killing one. Uh, there, I was at. I got to Newberry Comics, which is a um, comic books chain store of of Mass, Greater Massachusetts area, Greater Boston area, and they had a sale going on two for three trades. So you got a free trade. So I bought. I bought the 
two, three, and four that I needed. Um, also, it was Hellboy uh, Day. Did you know that? Yeah. So I got some tattoos and a free Hellboy book. That was pretty cool. Some Hellboy tattoos. Gonna put them on at Free Comic Day. Show them off. You should have some face Hellboy tattoos. Yeah, I'll put one on my face. I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, what did you read? Uh, so I read Transformers number one. So they rebooted Transformers. Oh. And wow. it's taking place on Cybertron and it's before the war. So I really actually enjoyed this issue because we get to see the birth of a new Transformer. Um, mind you, I'm not a big Transformer fan, so it might be a big deal who this character is, but I have no clue who he is. What's the name? I forget. Oh, okay. But, um, so he's being shown across Cybertron by Bumblebee and then the, that's the B story. And then the A story is all about, I forget what they call him, but the person who becomes Optimus Prime and Megatron, they're both senators and they're having a talk because there's some sort of riot going on and Megatron's kind of been pushing it along and encouraging it and Optimus wants to bring everything to go peacefully. It's super interesting for someone like me who likes to read politics and world building. Um, I haven't seen what like actual Transformer fans like, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I think it was a cool first issue. And no humans, just transformers. No goddamn humans. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't want like you don't want to see like any emotional connection between two humans during your transformers book? I don't understand why. No, no. Get Charlotte <laughs> Booth out of my goddamn transformers. Like, just show me transformers. That's all I want. Yeah, um, um, that's I cool. Read, that you liked it. I read Spider Man, Marvel Spider Man: City at War, which was based on the um, video game. I thought it was a continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. I was way off. It's just a retelling of the video game. So if you've played the video game, don't bother with this book. <laughs> which, which, what, uh, what platform was that? Was that the GameCube one? No, this is the, the most recent one on PS4. Oh, okay. So um, it's the same story? Yeah, they're just retelling that story. That's all yeah. it was. I got halfway through the book and I was like, why is Otto not Dr. Octopus? And I realized that I was just retelling the story. <laughs> um a good Spider-Man book I read was Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Zdarsky. And this is a re- the retelling of Spider-Man's life as if it happened in real time. Mm-hmm. And it starts in the 60s. So we're in the middle of Vietnam era and Spider-Man's having, well, Peter's having some uh, conflict about whether he should go over and fight and help the troops and everything. And it was a really cool dive into that thought process of like, I have, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So does that mean I go help these people? And, uh, you know, the Marvel universe is just being birthed. So we're, we get some of the back of what's going on there and what Peter's going through his relationships. And, but the part that got me the most, I know everyone's gonna be shocked by this, but he has a moment with captain America mm-hmm. and, they talk about it and Cap gives them the advice of like, you got to do what you got to do and I got to do what I got to do. That doesn't mean that you have to go over there, but you do what you think is right. And if that means helping people here, as long as you're helping people, that's all that matters. And Cap goes over to Vietnam. Well, we find out that Cap goes over to Vietnam and kind of realizes that the U.S. is doing some shitty things in Vietnam mm-hmm. and and defects and starts protecting the Viet- Vietnamese people. Um, I really want to see how that story plays out more than anything, but uh, yeah. it's a really, really good issue. Uh, it's pretty Spider-Man cool. Man life story, pick it up. It's really a lot of fun, um, and deep. And then what was the other book? Oh yeah, Wolverine Infinity Watch. If you're not an Infinity fan, don't read this book. It's <laughs> it's full of super nerdy Infinity War stuff. What if you're a um, Wolverine fan? No. 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 <laughs> This is Wolverine and Loki trying to find the different stones that have become sentient and uh, form themselves into people. Uh-huh. And they're going after the time stone. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know what a time bat is, don't read this book. Uh, <laughs> what is what is that? What is a time bat? So, all right. So there's Just these gems. It, please. There's these gems that are shards of the shards of the time stream uh-huh. and he for they're formed into a bat so it's like a baseball bat with these little gems in it so he can stop people from using time based abilities so, hits and, him with the bat? so no he just got to hold it 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's yeah, that's all happening. I love it, but it's not for everybody. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Avengers: No Road Home number six. Uh, basically, what you gotta know is Conan's coming to the Marvel Universe. Um, <laughs> Avengers number seventeen. Uh, Dracula gets one over on the Russians. Uh, he has a new Transylvania now and a new breed of vampires. Book is awesome. That's it's great. Avengers and Blade versus Dracula. That's awesome. And then um, Guardians of the Galaxy number three. Oh, I had that. Did I read it? Uh, you talk about it. I think I did read it. Basically, uh, we find out where people stand and why they want to go after Gamora and what's right. going on with the resurrection of Thanos. And Peter, as he's drinking himself to death, yeah. gets confronted by Groot, and Groot kind of takes over the ship. They uh, uh, they agree to help him out, though, is a pretty big deal, because we talked about, like, they're going to have to rally together, and it looks like their pity, their pity for him. They're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to go do this. Yeah. Uh, and we find out where Gamora has gone, and yeah. she's going after Rocket, apparently. And she's got a really big gun, so she's going to... F- probably kill him i would assume yeah so i'll be interested to see where that goes yeah but some really good comics this week actually i really enjoyed most of the stuff i had good stuff speaking of good stuff mike where can people find you on the internet uh forge stricker on the twitters speaking of more good stuff where can they find you and or the show well they can find me at fortress chris on twitter or you can find the show at fcn underscore official and of course fortresscomicnews.com where everything we do is right there on that handy dandy website I forgot to mention it earlier, but remember, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can go there and get the Bat Friends episode early or click our Amazon banner to buy stuff. Um, so everybody watching this, thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, do all that stuff. And if you are listening to our sultry voices, to make sure you give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcatcher, unless it's Stitcher, that you listen to it on. I think that's it. That's all. Until next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye.